this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi. Jay, we've got another poll that has provided us with a album review, this time for July of 1997, our final review of the month. And it's Harvey Danger, Jay. Damn, Daniel. Yeah, so so we we put it up to our Patreon subscribers. We said, you've got Harvey Danger's Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone, Nico Case and Her Boyfriend's The Virginia Luna's Pup Tent and Blue Rodeo's Tremolo with their four choices. Harvey Danger, 54%, was the winner of that one. Jay, I know you know the song Flagpole Sitta, but mm-hmm. did you listen to any of the, of the record before this review? Nope. Never heard another song. Me neither. And I know that their second record, King James Version, also had a single that got some minor radio play and people talk about it as being a pretty stellar record but i have yet to hear that one as as well so let's dive into our comments from our patreon folks who over at patreon.com forward slash dig me out uh subscribe and they're able to comment and we'll read their comments on the air tara mccook said it's a tough call between harvey danger and blue rodeo but i think there's more material in where have all the make merrymakers gone to discuss I had such high hopes for that band, and it was so disappointing to see them washed into the one-hit wonder bin. Uh, Dewey Cole says, same thing. Where have all my ma- where have all the merrymakers gone? For sure, King Jane's version is the better record in my opinion. But this was a very strong debut from a band that I hope would stick around for a while. Jack the Lion is the track I always play first for someone who's only heard Flagpole. Steven Musinski said, I used to be one of those skeptics having only heard Flagpole on the radio, but a friend convinced me to give the album a shot, and I was sold on my first listen. Love that album. Love that the album is short and sweet, for as we've come to learn, tis a rarity in the 90s. I will say, though, as much as I do love Merrymakers, I agree with Dewey. King James Version is the superior Harvey Danger record. Also chiming in in favor of Harvey Danger, Eric... Peterson, he said that Harvey Danger seems like the more Dig Me Out band record as opposed to Nico Case, who he loves. And Crawford Blair voted for Pup Tent. And he said to read uh, Dean's book about his musical life, Black Postcards. It's frank, amazingly frank and well-written. Thank you, Crawford. I will check that out. Keith Sawyer said, all four are worth the time, but... Let's hit on the artist that was there at their creative peak in 1997, Harvey Danger. So the overall winner, of course, both in the votes and the comments, was Harvey Danger. Thank you also to John Davidson and Darren Leach, who simply asked, who the F is Blue Rodeo? <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah. You don't know who Blue Rodeo are? <laughs> no. Oh. I have uh, uh what was it? I think we had a general rule at, at one point uh, that any band within the word blue in it were, were not going to be good. Blue and soul. Yeah. Although I think soul asylum and soul coughing both. Yeah. Blue is particularly bad. Yeah. Brief history of Harvey danger. They formed in 1992 
University of Washington classmates Jeff Lynn and Aaron Huffman uh, started the band. They were both journalists at the Daily of the University of Washington newspaper. They got Evan Salt to join them as drummer. He had not been a drummer, so he learned on the job. And his friend Sean Nelson joined as the lead singer. Um, they started playing shows in 1994. Eventually, would start demoing and putting out Seven Inches. They got the attention of the Arena Rock Recording Company, who were interested in releasing a Seven Inch. But when they were given a couple songs, including Flagpole Sitta, the intern who ran the label said, uh, this is pretty good. Why don't we just do a whole full length? So they ended up recording an entire record for guess how much, Jay? Guess how much it cost to make this record? $2,000. $3,000. You would have been close on if it had been Price Price is Right. Yeah. Um, And they... Like I said, originally was released on Arena Rock Records in July 29th of on July 29th of 1997. Flagpole Sitta got quite a bit of airplay, and then it got picked up by one particular major radio station, which caught the ear of some majors. And Slash, associated with London Records, ended up re-releasing it. That's when it exploded with the single Flagpole Sitta. There was supposed to be a second single, uh, Private Helicopter. It didn't do anything. And in uh, July of uh, 2014, three years ago, the vinyl version was finally released on No Sleep Records. So this is one of the cases where this was only released on CD and then somebody managed to uh, release it on vinyl. So if you're interested, that's where you go to get it. So that's the history of this release. They went on to make uh, a couple more records. Like I mentioned, the King James version came out. Uh, the King, yeah, King James version came out in 2000, and they re- they released the album Little by Little in 2005. Now it was originally released in on Kill Rock Stars in July of 06, or excuse me, uh, in um, it was released in 2005 on Phonographic Records. A week after it was released physically, they released the album for free on BitTorrent and said, have at it. So, and then it was re-released or reissued in uh, the following year on Kill Rockstar Records. Um, They've also done a compilation album of B-sides and rarities called Dead Sea Scrolls that came out in 2009. And then when the band officially broke up in uh, 2009, they released a single to uh, their website called The Show Must Not Go On. And that was like their farewell song for the band. Jay, let's get into this record. Harvey Danger's 1997 album, Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone? Jay, tell me one thing that you like about this record. I like the vocal. Uh, I think it's very immediate. So it sounds really present and... Uh, I guess high in the mix, but it, it cuts through without it needing to be, be, be mixed high. I think there's a sort of the, the tone of his voice and the tenor of his voice sits above the music really well. It's not overproduced. In fact, I think it's almost completely dry, it seems. There's almost no reverb or mm-hmm. no doubling. Um, it's pretty straightforward. It can carry a melody pretty well when it's there in the song. 
so I mean, in, in general, I think it's and it's a unique voice. I mean, I think when you hear him, most of this material, you know, you know, it's the guy from that song. Even if you've only heard the song, um, it's pretty identifiable. So I think that's the one thing above everything else that that I like from the record. I'm going to concur with you. I think I was surprised how much I liked the vocal because I thought going into it, we were going to get maybe nine other versions but less interesting of flagpole Sitta. And there's really a lot of diversity to his vocal and his delivery, his range. You know, that song comes off as, you know, smart alecky and smart ass and funny. And there's quite a bit of pop culture references in it. And that sometimes that can be disconcerting about whether or not it's going to hold up over time. But when you listen to other songs on the album, for example, like Radio Silence, the last track, that is an, a completely different approach. I mean, that's a big, it starts out small, but then when you get to like the uh, last two minutes of the song, it turns into this big, epic, uh, slow-burning track with a huge chorus and, and just not what I was expecting. different approaches from him which i really like and and the band is able to back him up for the most part it's a pretty you mentioned about the the vocals being pretty dry i mean overall this is in terms of production there's not a lot of gimmicks used on this record which i really liked i mean it's pretty straightforward it's all in the playing which is really interesting that they had a you know an approach of plug in the guitar, turn on the distortion and and go. There's there's it's not like they're using tons of effects and the drumming is pretty straightforward and the rhythm section keeps it pretty tight and and basic most of the time, but it serves the songs and um that was unexpected as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you and I really liked what he was what he's doing overall. Yeah, so on to the next part. Okay. So what don't is I'm guessing then that there's some things that you don't like about the band. Yeah. Well, or the album. It's funny. I mean, you said uh, you were expecting different versions of flagpole set up. And I was, I think I was expecting the same. Um, and, and boy, I think it's completely the opposite. Like that song is so different than anything else on the record. I mean, it sounds like the same singer. Yeah. And like, the instruments tone wise sound the same, but like the, sh- uh, the craft of that song and the refinement, it just sounds like 
they work with a producer on that one and really hone this great pop song and had this, it has a lot of energy. It's kind of fun. And then the rest of the record is not, it's not like that at all. There's I think you said there's a lot of like slow burn stuff on here. Uh, a lot of like uh, quiet verse and then kicking the distortion for the chorus stuff. Uh, um, very angsty, borderline depressing at times lyrics and it's kind of subject matter. Uh, so it could, it, I was just throwing for a loop. Like the rest of the record was just so different from that tune that I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. I think I agree with you. The production uh, in spirit, I like it. And in spots like that, that, that song, I mean, it works great when the pieces and parts are correct. I do think there's sometimes where it puts a lot of pressure on the band to be really, really outstanding players. And I don't know if that's there with this band. I mean, they, they sound like they play quite a bit together and they're tight, but like with a production this simple, man, you really got to be good. And I think there's times where like you can tell that the drummer's a little sloppy. Um, the guitar tones get kind of ugly or almost unlistenable. They're so like fuzzed out and harsh. So I really struggle with the rest of the record. I mean, there's no sharp hooks, you know, there's no, the other thing I realized is I think Flagpole Sitta is the only song on the record that has any rhyming. <laughs> Not that every song has to be uh rhymey rhymey, like a nursery rhyme, but like his lyrics, uh, I, I mean, I went through st- uh, several songs in a row or lo- waiting for him to rhyme something and he rhymes nothing. And that song is like, you know, it's a pretty much a straightforward pop song. So it just kept throwing me how different it was overall in almost every aspect outside of maybe his vocal, uh, that that song compared to the rest of the record. Um, so it was, I wasn't sure what to make of the rest. I mean, I, I guess comparisons I had were like, it sounds like maybe a less refined sunny day real estate sometimes. Um, hmm. I don't like when they, I don't think that a lot of the slow material really works for me either. Really? Um, huh. I think we're going to be disagreeing. Yeah. Because I, I kind of feel like in terms of a follow-up single, like they chose, the the label chose Private Helicopter, which they didn't, the band did not want. The band wanted Carlotta Valdez, the lead track, to be the second single. And I, I kind of agree with them. I think that or Jack the Lion, maybe Jack the Lion in an edited version, would make a solid second single for this band. Jimmy Stewart follows The lyrics don't bother me, or or the way he phrases and, and his use of rhyme or not rhyme doesn't bother me. I see where you're going with regards to Flagpole well, Sitta being so catchy and so poppy that well, 
it's there's nothing that matches it. And I agree with you to an extent, but I do feel like there's some catchy choruses. It's the verses that aren't as catchy. What do you think that's the next catchiest chorus on the record? The Jack the Lion would probably be this, the next one. The Jack the Lion and, and Carlotta Valdez would be the two. I, I, I agree with you on Carlotta Valdez. It's the lyric. Like, who's going to remember that? <laughs> right. You know I mean, like, when you hear that on a record, like, I mean, I'm sorry, on the radio, you're not going to be able to sing, like, remember what you liked about it because the yeah. it's such a thing to say <laughs> and and this band reminds me a lot of the pixies in that way where they would have here comes your man which is a super simple melodic catchy little ditty and then they would have like other songs that were super melodic but had like bizarre lyrics if you listen to it enough if it was drilled in your head enough you would remember it whether it was Debaser or um, Alec Eiffel, like you, these really weird choices for chorus, mm. you know, words, but the re- the repetition and the melody of it was enough to like lodge in your brain. You know, th- that's an easy comparison. The Pixies because of the the lyrical uh, similarities, and you know, band like the Buzzcocks or even Mud Honey could be in terms of some of the rawness with the guitars, although they don't get quite as raw as as Mud Honey could at some points. But it makes me more curious to check out the second album, which everyone says is superior to this record, to see if... I'm sure they couldn't write a second flagpole set. I mean, that's lightning in a bottle when you write a song that's so catchy and really quite original. But if they wrote us, you know, an album worth of... Almost flagpole sitters, which is what it sounds like, is that they they hit their stride on that record. I'm curious to check it out. Yeah, I just uh, how do you, how do you do that? Like, I mean, if right from the get go, right, it comes in with that guitar melody, which is really smart and it's simple, but it works. It's yeah. Uh, the texture on that, you know, a lot they play with texture a lot on this record, and they try to create space with how. Listen to the headphones, like they really try to pull the guitars apart in the mix and there's times where it doesn't work because the guitars are so fuzzed out. It's just, it's just kind of like hurts. And then there's other times where they try to use clean guitars or use texture. And I feel like if you go listen to flagpole set, you're like, okay, now I see what you guys are trying to do. Like there's this layering in there of the, the multiple guitars that sit correctly with the drums, with the right drum beat. And then the vocal being really present makes for a great pop song, right? Because you can focus on it. Yeah. It's like you hear it all come together correctly on that song. You're like, okay, now I get what this band, you know, can do. And then you go to the next song and they just, it's not that, you know, it's not mm-hmm. as well put together. And then it, I, I guess I became more critical of them. It, it was weird. Because it was like, now you've shown me what you can do. And all this other stuff to me sounds like demos. Well, let me ask you, so if Flagpole said it wasn't on the album, would you be listening to it differently? I think so. I I would. I think um, I wouldn't have had preconceived notions, and then also I wouldn't have anything to compare it to. But since I had that, I was like, well, where's that, you know, where's that sensibility? Where's that refinement? Where's that, you know, sophistication? And I wasn't hearing it, any other stuff. I heard, like, 
attempts to be kind of like other bands, you know, kind of emo, kind of Weezer, kind of the Pixies, kind of Nirvana, kind of. But then when you hear that song, you're like, okay, that's them. Like that doesn't sound like anybody else. Then it all comes together. So I struggled with this one, trying to figure out what to make of it. I didn't, I mean, and I didn't like skip anything or think it was awful. It was just kind of like, meh. Until you get to that song, you're like, okay, now I get it. Well, I guess it worked better for me than it did for you. Because I was surprised by how many twists and turns they threw. And I don't know, I don't know what it would have been like if they had tried to replicate Flagpole Sitta and, and write some other straight up pop songs the way that that one is. I don't know. It it just uh, it it works for as an album for me, and it m- makes me want to check out this the next record. But I hear what you're saying. Like I can I can appreciate your your point of view. Okay, I'm crossing the aisle. Thank you. Say. I'm crossing the aisle. <laughs> I'm extending the. Well, it's awfully branch. nice of you. Thank you. Well, you know, Jay, in these times that we live in, these troubled times, it's important to recognize that. We're not always going to agree on everything and that we need to uh, respect the opinions of others, as stupid as they might be, and, uh, you know, tell them. Well, we respect sometimes them. the other side is wrong, but you still have to be nice to them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, You're right. Sorry. No, my, I'm just looking at uh, Pieto, the recording thing, and it keeps like pausing. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, let's not have to do this episode again. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. I, if it's messed up, I'll just have to edit around it. Like another. You can just, pre- just pretend to be me. Yeah. Just record it. I don't know how I would do that. I'll, I'll just get that fake voice emulator that they use to. Mm-hmm. I'll just type my responses in, and you can have uh, the computer read them back to you. Okay. So. They obviously had a hit single with this record, Jay. Do you believe that, based on your opinion of this record, that there was no second single, and that's why they fell off? Um, no, I, I don't think there was. I think there's ideas here that could potentially get there, but I don't hear anything that's like a clear second radio hit. No, not as strong as that song. Okay. And do you think that, based on this, you would check out the second record? I guess I give it a quick listen, but uh, I'm not hopeful. Okay. <laughs> so in our, like if work- I, would, I guess if I would have heard half a record like, like that, I would be intrigued. But it's you know one out of ten, so I don't think the odds are any better that the second record goes in a in that direction. The odds are not in its favor, as they say in the Hunger Games. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I was expecting a response, but I guess not. Uh, were the album better EP decent single, Jay? Oh, man. I have three songs highlighted. Whoa! And I think I was being nice. I think this is a single for me. Whoa! side. Wow, Jay. And I'm calling it a worthy record. Just don't hear anything else special. I think the whole record's special in its own way i think you're just stuck special. on one song that's fine it's okay to believe disagreed that. this much in a while no not this distant i mean this is a cataclysm here this is earth shattering 
shaking, not shattering. Let's not shatter the earth. Let's just shake it. Slow down. Uh, okay, so Jay goes decent single, and Tim goes worthy album, and uh, never the tween shall they meet. Everyone can go ahead and discuss how wrong one of us is, because <laughs> yeah. one of, one of us is going to be wrong. Let's hear it. Yeah. To need make some your, support. Make your voice heard over at Patreon.com, over our Facebook page, over at our Twitter uh, account, or Instagram. Insta, as the kids say. Want to remind everyone, if you uh, like what you heard, or if you were extremely upset what, by what you heard, uh, leave us some positive feedback over at iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate it. And that's it. For Jay, I'm Tim, and we're out. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash dig me out and become a monthly subscriber or request a review at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com.